What's going on, guys? Welcome back into today's episode. I've got a great friend and somebody that I consider one of the best of the best in the world when it comes to finding creative ways and solutions to not pay taxes, most importantly, legally. And today I am speaking none other than my buddy Brett Swartz, who is the founder of Capital Gains Tax Deferral Experts. He's got an amazing podcast around this. He's a multifamily investment expert specifically, um, but is also a commercial real estate broker and has tons of exposure to different asset classes and you know high-level deals, high-level investors. Uh, but that being said, he specializes in one of the most, I guess I would say, undercovered or not talked about tax-advantaged-based vehicles and tax-deferral vehicles that so many people don't know about. And that is what I am calling the Deferred Sales Trust. He is an expert at helping high-net-worth investors escape the 1031 exchange and the capital gains tax limitations using an innovative and often really missed strategy called the DST, the Deferred Sales Trust. And this can help your real estate, your primary home, commercial real estate, your business, your cryptocurrency. This is something that he has worked with all of those individuals and avatars defer millions in capital gains taxes. So you don't just have to be a real estate investor. This is something that you can use to truly not only preserve, but grow your wealth. It's not the standard 1031 exchange, and we cover all of that in today's episode. But this is a strategy that you definitely want to know about as you continue to build wealth. If you're trading in and out of deals, in and out of businesses, in and out of crypto, in and out of anything, and you're going to have potentially taxable gains, then this is a strategy that you 100% want to make sure you understand. And we cover a lot of different things in today's episode. And one of the things that I think you guys are really going to enjoy is the discussion around the tax flow versus the cash flow versus the debt flow, the difference between 1031 exchanges and DSTs and when it's appropriate to use them and when it's not, who this is really for. We go into restrictions and limitations. He even talks about how Yellowstone, our man Kevin Costner, could have taken a page out of his book using a deferred sales trust and saved the ranch and still gone out and reinvested all of that money. And it was pretty cool. I've never heard of somebody bringing this scenario into a real life situation that so many people can relate to if you're a Yellowstone fan. So I think you guys will enjoy that part of the show. And we talk about why we think 2024 is going to be the best buying opportunity, what those asset classes are, and definitely some more strategic uh, discussions around tax advantages, tax savings, and leveraging this vehicle to build wealth going forward. So without that being said, make sure to head out to millionermindcast.com to check out all the links, the resources um, in the show notes of this particular episode. And let's dig into today's interview with Brett Swartz of Capital Gains Tax Solutions right after this quick message. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer 
and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers, leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Welcome into the show, my brother, Mr. Brett Sports. How we doing, man? Matt, better than I deserve, man. Good to be back. Dude, I, I miss you in Cali, man. I'm not going to lie. You know, my my Saturday morning hooper, uh, the family, and, you know, seeing you guys at the gym all the time, you're officially a Floridian. First off, how the hell is that going? You know, I miss it too, man. Uh, I, I, we love it out here. It's been a total blessing. Uh, new adventure, family's loving it. New travels, you know, trying to get a thousand days with our kids in a hundred unique locations before they're 18. So that's helping us with that goal because just everything is new, right? It's kind of like a, honestly, Florida kind of feels like a, another country in a lot of ways, uh, in a lot of good ways, right? Uh, but it, you know, we're in North Florida. So we're kind of on the Southern Georgia, you know, uh, border there. And we got travels to Miami. We got travels to, you know, you know, north to Georgia and North Carolina. So it's a whole kind of frontier for us. So we're loving it. Is that why you guys chose that particular area? It was more because of all of the activities and locations within a drive? You nailed it, right? Plus, St. Augustine is where we're particularly at. It's the oldest city in America, which is pretty remarkable to think about, right? So there's tons of history cool culture, culture, cool downtown, but it's also pretty low density. It's not over, don't feel like you're, you know, too many people everywhere, uh, pretty spread out, which is nice. And so you have some space. It actually kind of feels like the Placer County mm. of Florida, you know, great schools, low density, still pretty uh, relatively affordable compared to like, you know, the Bay Area or SoCal. Mm -hmm. Like SoCal would be like Miami. And then the Bay Area would be like Tampa, right? If you had to do like the, the correlation with California. Yep. And so St. Augustine is kind of like that NorCal, uh, Placer County, you know, uh, where you're at, right? Uh, where I used to live. I love it, man. Now, before we dive into uh, everything that you got going on with, you know, capital gains tax solutions and deferred sales trusts and friends don't let friends do. What's the saying? <laughs> friends don't let friends do a, a bad 1031. Yeah, that's a good way to put it too. Over, over, over bad 1031, yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll talk about that because Brett is at least the foremost expert that I go to for all of these things when it comes to creative ways of, you know, saving on taxes, uh, different investing strategies that a lot of people don't even know about. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, is there something that you miss most about California or are you completely in the rearview mirror? I'm out of here. We're never looking back. 
Yeah, great question. So family for sure, right? Because that's where we grew up and we'll always love California. Uh, by the way, diehard 49ers fan for life. So go Niners on Sundays, the Super Bowl. We're recording this just two days before that. Uh, I, you know, obviously the hoops, like we had a deep guys, like 15 years of like, you know, Thursday morning before Thanksgiving, early hoops and Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. And yeah. I mean, we played all the time. And so I'm still trying to find that core group of like solid high school slash college players that, you know, have high hoop IQ. That's the one thing that I've, you know, uh, I'm passionate about for sports wise is hoops. And so haven't found, haven't got that tribe yet. But yeah, other than that, it's really just the fam. Um, you know, the beaches I would say are beautiful out here, but we don't, you don't have the cliff or the coastline, like, like, so like, like NorCal or SoCal. Mm -hmm. So that's a little different, but yeah, honestly, uh, I'm probably never coming back. I mean, we'll, we'll come visit, you know, but right now it's like, you know, we're, it's it literally exceeded every expectation on every level. We love it out here. How was the transition of the business, right? A lot of people, uh, feel like they, have a book of business, a certain area, they've got deep roots in a certain area, and therefore they stay there forever. Talk about your mindset of uprooting your business, you know, and how you ultimately made that transition so smooth and built and grew massively because of it. Yeah, that's a great, great point. In fact, the it's kind of like the reverse in a lot of ways. When I first started out in Capital Gains Tax Solutions, what we were doing is like the profit wasn't accepted in his hometown, if you heard that saying. Yeah. I was just the multifamily broker sharing, you know, this vision for something that I thought was going to change the industry and was going to be amazing. And I thought everyone I would cold call, like I normally did in Marcus and Millichap and back in commercial real estate days, and I'm still in that, still, still a broker, but that's kind of like one percent of what we do. But I would call these people thinking like, oh, I've got it. But they looked at me like, well, but you're just a 10, you know, you're a multifamily 1031 exchange guy. And I'm like, yeah, it's true. But I think this is it. We'll come back to you when you close some deals. And and it became the, you know, uh, that made sense. I'm like, I got you. Okay. So I, so I started to actually expand the brand through podcasts, you know, the, and, and the YouTube channel. And I actually just kind of naturally went national while still in California and so it really was a natural move because I'm already, you know, you're online, you're Zoom, you know, I do get on planes to fly to speak at conferences and such. But the mindset was more, this actually will help us because my brother, he's our, he's our CFO. He's still in Sacramento. So he has a West Coast there. We have a new team member in Texas now. He's an amazing leader named Dan Palmer. And then I'm out in, 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 in on the East Coast. And so we're really trying to build, you know, the, the top 5% of all basically wealth experts in real estate and finance and tax across every single city through strategic alliances and or team members. And so it was just a natural progression of where we're at. So I think it was just a more of an opportunity, but you're right. If you're in like commercial real estate brokerage, particularly, and you've developed a farm and that's been your area of expertise, it is difficult to leave that area. Yeah. And have clients, and I have probably lost business for 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 deals that I would have listed as a broker. Um, but I have also tried to delegate and build some teams in that area. And I go, look, hey, give us an opportunity because I have a national brand and we have the local expertise. So it's actually only of a benefit, but it's definitely you know pros and cons to that. But yeah, I would I wouldn't trade what we have now for the flexibility um, of of lifestyle for anything. So for those that aren't familiar with what a deferred sales trust is and who it's for when it should be used, give us the layman's terms for those that, you know, may not understand exactly how to leverage this vehicle. 
Yeah, so we exist to unlock capital gains, uh, to unleash freedom and impact, right? And so that's different for everybody. And, and that's a good way to put it. Like, I mean, we have 12 major freedoms that we believe are the difference between us and these other strategies. Most strategies have one, two, or three of the freedoms. And a lot of the freedoms that a lot of people are searching after, you know, financial freedom, right? They're looking for options to, you know, build their wealth and compound their wealth. They're looking for opportunities to free up their time and their energy. And we found for some of the older blockbuster methods, such as the traditional 1031 exchange, is that they provide some of those, but oftentimes people get to a point where sometimes like California, for example, can be difficult to own real estate in, right? The rent control, the laws, the restrictions, um, and just the red tape that are associated with that, uh, where people want to be able to diversify and get some liquidity. You know, there's three major areas that I try to help people with their mindset is we, we always have a cash flow mindset. Most people that we talk with already have that. And people listening probably have that. But do you have a tax flow mindset? Because taxes are our most expensive thing, essentially, uh, that we're going to pay in our lifetime. And then you have a debt flow mindset, which is kind of the 3D bringing them all together. Now, if you think about this for a second, we took debt for granted for many, many, many years because it was hmm. so, so affordable or so cheap, right? Yeah. Now we have a kind of a debt crisis if you're in multifamily or different investments where the rate caps have expired. And because we didn't have a debt flow mindset or we took it for granted and we didn't fix those rates for longer periods of time, now those deals are being soured, right, or poisoned, and otherwise they're doing great except for the debt, right? And so we want to make sure that you have strategies for the debt flow as well as cash flow, which is which is you know vital for, the, for, for getting the plane off the ground, but also tax flow. And tax flow has to do with capital gains tax in particular, what we specialize in. And what we found is the one thing that brings these all together is time. So if you can time, you know, sell high and buy low, get out of bad debt when it's not a great time to do it, right? Get into good debt when it's a good time to do it. And that's where the deferred sales trust is so powerful because now you can bring these three things together and they're not, you know, fighting one another, right? Um, like, for example, if you do a 1031 exchange today, a lot of sellers are, you might have some good debt in place. Some of them have poor debt in place. But the prices versus the interest rates and that, and that arbitrage is what you're looking at. You should be able to get positive arbitrage. And I think these deals are coming. In fact, I think 2024 is going to be the best buying opportunity we've seen in many, many years. But the deferred sales trust is truly the strategy that gives you those freedoms of time, debt freedom, you know, liquidity freedom, diversification freedom, and timing freedom. Uh, while still remaining capital gains tax deferred versus the 1031 exchange, which is that shotgun wedding where you're running around in 45 days to get engaged, 180 days to get married. And you're going, I knew I was overpaying two years ago, right? But I felt like I had no choice. And now you're looking back and going, gosh, I wish I would have not have bought that deal. I wish I had paid off my debt. I wish I would have gotten diversified. Even if you had to pay the tax, people would still have done that knowing what we know now. And that's essentially what we learned in the 08 crash. And we're seeing a lot of these things again, but I mean, not to that extent of that, how people got hurt there, but still the same concepts um, apply. And that's where the deferred sales trust is so powerful. Now, I want to circle back to your, your thoughts and some of the conversations you're having around 2024 being one of the best buying opportunities that we've seen in a long time. But walk us through the mechanics of something like this, right? I think a lot of people understand the mechanics of a 1031 exchange. You sell your property. You've got gains. You can defer those gains by finding another asset, meeting all the criteria of a 1031 exchange, and getting that done, like you said, in 180 days, right? Now, what does that look like from an A to Z standpoint on a deferred sales trust? 
Yeah. So step one is you set up a trust and these trusts are no cost, no obligation trusts where you can have it in place as an option. And we're going to weave this trust into a contract. And that contract basically states that, let's say Matt's the seller, Matt has the right to a 1031 exchange or deferred sales trust and no additional cost to the buyer. So we're not surprising the buyer at the close of escrow. And what's happening is let's say Matt has a $10 million asset in which he's owned for 27 and a half years. He's fully depreciated the property. It's multifamily in California. So if he were to sell, he's got about a $4 million tax bill. And so instead, he's like, you know, I'd like to be have the option to assign the rights or sign the interest of an LLC or the or the equity at close to this trust in exchange for a promissory note. And we know this is a seller carry back, right? Where IRC 453 allows an installment sale method of selling where Matt can become the bank. And in that scenario, at the close of escrow, Matt receives a promissory note for 10 million and an interest rate, let's just say, is six, seven, eight, or nine percent, depending on your risk tolerance. And uh, what happened was you go, where did the cash come from? Well, the buyer was already lined up for 10 million. So the buyer actually puts the money into the trust or buys the asset from the trust. It's a three-party transaction. Smoke clears, buyer got what he, whatever he was uh, you know, bargaining for, right? Matt gets a promissory note and the trust holds the capital, okay? Which if you think about it, this is kind of like a 1031 exchange in some, some respects. What happens in a 1031? Well, instead of the funds going to Matt personally at close, it goes through this third-party qualified intermediary. And as long as Matt follows the rules with the QI company, he can have the 10 million transferred to another asset and deferred. Well, in this scenario, we're just not going to use the 1031 exchange laws. We're going to do 453 uh, installment sale laws, and we're going to put it into this trust. And that's where the magic happens. Now Matt can invest into T-bills making about 5% or money market making 4 or hard money lending making 10, which is what we've been doing for the last couple of years because we weren't doing the 1031s. We were making about 10% on our money. But more than that, you can partner with the trust and go buy more assets. And so really the, the, the big step is just getting it in place, getting the planning in place and getting the option language in place. And oh, by the way, this works for businesses and cryptocurrency and stock not just investment real estate, also works for high-end primary homes. Whereas a 1031 exchange is just a small little box of investment real estate, yep. which is part of why that's Blockbuster and we're Netflix. Yeah, and I was going to say, and you, you alluded to it a little bit, you know, some of the limitations or restrictions, right? A 1031 is very restrictive in the sense, very strict guidelines, equal or greater value, right? And really, it's got to be a, a like for a like asset. Whereas you guys have worked with big crypto whales that are selling out and having all kinds of gains, but they're going into a DST. You've had people sell massive businesses with all kinds of gains going into a DST. So talk about some of the limitations or restrictions. And ultimately, maybe we can share one or two cool case studies in the different you know, arenas of where people are using this um, to you know, defer the sales tax and give themselves a lot of, you know, kind of liquidity to go out there and, and look at things outside of just real estate. Yeah. And also add to on the 1031 exchange is equal or greater debt, right? Yeah. So you don't have to replace That's the big thing that most people don't realize is yeah. if, if you don't pay that debt off, you got to replace that debt on the next asset. You got it. And you can't pay it off at close of escrow, right? And so, yeah. so people go, well, what can I just have escrow pay it off? No, no, no. You've got to actually have it paid off prior to, let's say 30 days before you close. So it's not on the closing statement on the debt. And in that scenario, you have to replace the debt and replace the value. Yeah, so I, I think uh, the biggest thing, Matt, is sometimes people go, well, then why wouldn't everyone do the DSD? Well, it depends. Right? Let me talk about who wouldn't do it, right? First, you yeah. have to have a big enough transaction. You got to have a million-dollar net proceeds, million-dollar gain. Like You need to have a larger transaction. For smaller deals, this is a 
This is a more specialized and it's not it's not cheap. It's about 1.5% to set up on the front end, about one and a half to two percent on the AUM or only recurring on the net proceeds. So it's not an inexpensive um, you know, option. Now we teach you how to make the DSC an investment and not an expense and how that all fits together. But it, it really works for the entrepreneur, right? Who wants to get time on their side. It also works for the person who wants to be retired and wants to, you know, be passive or maybe a mixture of both. We have a lot of clients that when they approach and they see the DST for the first time, they're saying, Brett, I have the kids that are between eight and 10. I've got about, you know, 10, eight years left before they're 18. And I've built up this business, this real estate, and I want more time with my family because 85% of our time with our kids is before they're 18. That's it for their entire lives. And so for them, it's a lifestyle shifting, not so much like I want to retire, but I want to free up my time and energy by selling this business, this real estate, you know, having my wife or, or spouse retire from the W-2. And if I can have this big capital event where I don't have to be so hands-on on it with everything and get passive cash flow, truly passive cash flow, right? No toilets, trash, liability, you know, business, employees, all those different things. Wow, I just freed up this, this season of life that I'm never going to get back in return. And so we had a client... Um, Another client, he he sold a mobile home park um, in, uh, in in Idaho, and for him, he had a W two, and he went to this mobile home park seminar ten plus years ago, and he bought his first, his second, his third, his fourth. He bought five, built it up to about a ten million dollar total valuation. I think he was in it for about three or so right basis, and so he's going, Brett, this is amazing. I've got financial freedom, but I don't have time and energy freedom. So you're telling me I can sell, pay off my debt and get even greater cash flow than I was getting on these mobile home parks. And I can go do what I want, right? And I can retire from my W-2. Like this is truly financial time and energy freedom, right? And so those are a couple of things that come to mind on that one. We had another deal actually in Placerville, California. It was uh, Warren and Catherine, and they were selling a $2.5 million multifamily property. So I actually listed that property and laid out the scenarios for the 1031 versus the deferred sales trust. They had two twin daughters, a little bit older in life, but they had two $2 late and the same thing happened. They go, he goes like, I'm trading my time and my energy with toilets, trash and liability, driving back and forth from the Bay Area. My NOI is about 120,000. He goes with the DST, I'll be about 190. And the biggest thing, I'm not trading my toilets, trash and tenants for, for my two twin daughters, right? I'm getting my time with my twin daughters. And so I said, he, he really did the right tease, right? He focused on the right tease, which is his twin daughters. And he goes, Brett, this is amazing, right? I don't have to own in California anymore. I don't have to deal with the fires that were threatening to burn down Placerville. The insurance costs, which is skyrocketed, the rent control. I mean, the list just keeps going on and on and on for why it's not great to do business in New York or California or New Jersey. And so the DST is truly that freedom for him, for his family, uh, for a truly kind of holistic wealth you know, retirement plan. I love that you brought up how many people get stuck in deals because they're scared of paying taxes. You, you really like, I, I don't think a lot of people think about that component of it where having that flexibility and, and honestly the nimbleness to, to get in and out of deals or to get in and out of the market at strategic times without the concern of I'm going to be giving 40 or 50% of this to state and federal, depending on where you're at, is something that I think is such a powerful, because all investors know you don't time the market, but good investors know where trends in the market are going and headed. And therefore, right, it's a chess game. So having that 
ability to get in and out without being stuck or feeling like you're handcuffed to your asset because you don't want to give up half of the value back to the government. And it gives that ROE, you know, return on equity component where you're going, like he said, I'm making, you know, 120 and I want to keep that income. But if I sell out of this asset, now I'm significantly losing a big chunk of my nut that I can put down on the next asset that will, but if you can use all of that and defer that, you know, tax, it really gives you the ability to get a much higher ROE return on your equity and exchange up into something of equal or greater cash flow without losing that basis that you've worked so hard to earn. 100%. And also the other ROE is return on energy, right? Mm. Like we only have or return on time. Like there's just, those are the things that are at a certain point, my clients, you know, their average is five to a hundred million dollar net worth. They've made the millions. They've made, you know, they've, they've hit it huge. Right. Yeah. And now it's, it's in, we're always, but we should always be thinking about this. Return on energy, return on time, return on impact. Right. The other things we should really be measuring. And, yeah. but you're right. So oftentimes we're so caught up in, the deal that I bought, and it wasn't easy for them, by the way. I mean, I talked to them for for eight or nine years about this, uh, you know, in the very beginning, and and they were still pretty, you know, and they, they love their tenants, they love managing, and like, but at a certain point, you know, they let go and they let go. I mean, there's 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 different people that have different strategies and different freedoms that really make an impact for them. But uh, I think that's really clear. Like having a clear vision for what matters most to you right now in your season of life and not letting the wealth or not letting the deals or not letting the tax get in the way, but being creative and finding a solution to, to have both, right? I can still sell and have an impact and have my time. And oh, by the way, increase my cash flow. Wow, and, and, and diversify. And that's sort of the part where people go, people's, you know, they tend to go, well, it seems like it's too good to be true, right? Like, why isn't everyone doing this? Why doesn't everyone know about it? And this is why we're here. Right? We're trying to like help people understand how simple it really is the key is you have having a team, right? Yeah. But you having a clear vision of where you want to go and then finding out what strategy or strategies. And sometimes we're doing a buy fracture 1031 exchange, right? We had a client out of Texas, sold a $7 million piece of land, and he found a perfect deal in South Carolina and a perfect deal in, in Oklahoma. Two pieces of land, but he had an extra two and a half million of boot left over. So he bought the two land pieces and then he did the other two and a half into the trust. And so it's not always a one size fits all, but it is having a team to execute which strategy is going to fit best for you? Yeah, but that's beautiful, right? Is is It doesn't have to be a one-size-fits-all, which gives you some flexibility in customizing the strategy to your goals, what outcomes you're driving towards. How is the current kind of tax landscapes and policy and the regulatory environment around this? Is it changing? Is it evolving? Is this thing locked in? I don't think anything is locked in, right? But is there any threats or concerns around the future of this? Or what are you paying attention to as somebody who's an expert in this space, knowing it's such a critical component of your business? Absolutely. Let's start with the legal track record and let's talk kind of the current, current what's going on, right? So legally, this thing goes back 27 years, thousands of closes, billions and billions and billions uh, assets uh, closed using this. And over 25, no change, no finding IRS audits. So we're batting a thousand so far. Wow. It'll be a perfect track record. Very important. We also offer lifetime audit defense. Most of those audits were in California. One of the mm -hmm. biggest deals is over a hundred million dollar deal, deal in California. Audited, no change, no finding. So, so we're batting a thousand perfection so far there. Uh, that being said, they, they could change something, right? You never know when they're going to change, if they could change something. Now this tax law, IRC 453, known as an installment sale, which again, 
you know, we know, CPAs know. That goes back to like the 1920s and 30s. That's a very tried and true tax law. We believe it's not going to change because, partly because of what happened in the Great Depression and when these banks seized up, you had the basically the government saying like, we need to incentivize Matt or whoever is the seller to do a deal to move commerce, to move money, right? To expand. And the only way to really do that is to help them be able to defer tax for a period of time and earn interest on the money. And so it actually incentivizes, I think, the laws to stay in place. That being said, they looked at the 1031 exchange. And it's kind of been on the chopping block, if you would, for five or 10 years. It's never, ever, uh, you know, been, you know, defeated yet. It's still there. There's a big lobbyist group that does the 1031 exchange. Yep. Part of why that is, is the macroeconomics of studying that the more we can incentivize money to move, the more likely we're going to create more jobs and create more revenue. And so the deferred sales trust, first of all, is not a 1031. It's a separate tax law. It has not even been mentioned that we know of on 453 installment sales for, 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 for any uh, like decades. Like it's just not even mentioned because it's just an installment sale, right? So I think that's the first thing. Um, so we, we're pretty confident that it's going to stay that way. If they do make a change, it would be probably, it would be grandfathered in. Anyone behind would make a change. But again, it's not even on the radar as far as we know. And the 1031 exchange is still kind of on the radar. But yeah. uh, by the way, that got restricted to just investment real estate. It used to be like, you know, airplanes or even businesses. Now it's just investment real estate with the with the Trump, you know, tax, uh, you know, thing a couple of years back. Um, so yeah, so we're hoping the 1031 stays around because we still love the 1031 when it makes sense. But the deferred sales trust um, is even clearer and not even on the radar. Now, for people that are going, okay, so when when do I pay taxes? Or do I never pay taxes? Or if I die, who pays taxes? What does that look like? Yeah, so one advantage that 1031 does have over the deferred sales trust is what's called a stepped-up basis, which is really important to understand that uh, if you can continue the tax deferral and you die as it stands today, your children can inherit it at a stepped-up basis, which means essentially they could have no capital gains tax if they sell it after you die. Uh, the deferred sales trust, we don't have a stepped up basis because you can't step up on a promissory note, although you can continue to pass the deferral to your kids. So your kids can step into your shoes and they can continue the tax deferral and they can continue that and pass it on to generations. And so, so they just got to keep playing the game, right? Yeah. And so essentially, this is the game. You sell it for $10 million, It's owed to $800,000 a year. You live off the interest or partial interest payments, but you never dip into the principal. So you keep the goose laying the golden egg. And that's, that's the payments that are coming off. So that can go on. The last thing I'll leave with this part is though estate tax. Okay. This is really important for everyone listening, right? Because estate tax gets overlooked on the stepped up basis. We think that, oh, we get a stepped up basis, no tax. That's not true. No capital gains tax. However, estate tax is 40% known as the death tax, the government's biggest mousetrap, mm -hmm. and that they look at the, the, the total amount of your net worth at the time of at the time of your death and your spouse's death, and they assess whether or not it's below or above the limits. The limits are right now 26 million married, but they're going to be probably around 12 million married as of 2026, about 6 million single. And they say anything above those amounts will be subject to a 40% death tax. So you've got to get it outside of your taxable estate. So you can either have one, a stepped up basis or B, outside of your taxable estate, but you can't have both. And so back to the chess analogy, right? You may pay checkers for that first 12 million, okay? First 12 million of your net worth if you're married, but you need to be playing chess with anything above that to get it outside the taxable estate. So someone owns a $50 million, $100 million portfolio of apartments, right? And they're just counting on the stepped up basis, but what do they typically do? They buy a ton of life insurance, which is really expensive. 
They try to gift it away to kids, but they can't gift enough away every year because there's only a certain amount. Um, and or they give it all away to charity. Nothing wrong with that, but a lot of people don't want to give all the way to charity. You know, the charitable leadership might change. And so this is where we come in with the DST plus in one day and one transaction does take a sale. We can sell that $100 million portfolio, move it outside the taxable estate, which eliminates all of that from the 40% debt tax. Mm. And it's essentially, if you watch Yellowstone, Kevin Costner, this is the entire premise of the show. He's got $100 or $200 million worth of land in the middle of Montana. And he's the last person there. His wife has already died. And Beth, his daughter, is telling dad... We need to sell it, or if they kill you, they're going to take it anyways because of the debt tax. And so I, every time I watch that show, I'm like, Kevin, use the DST+. Plus. <laughs> we can we get it outside your taxable estate, baby. And the beauty of that is he could sell it tomorrow, right? He can move it outside his taxable estate. And guess what he could do? He could turn around and go buy the plot of land. You know, I know it's not going to be perfect. Go buy a $200 million, $100 million plot of land over there with the trust and still have all that land and still run all that cattle and do all that stuff. That's cool that he wants to do, but it's all outside the taxable estate. So we could solve, we, you know, we could wrap up that show, you know, and, and a half a season if they, if they met us. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast. And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's my first. 50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Man, Mr. Sheridan, call my boy. He will teach you how to work that into the plot. <laughs> that would be <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Um, so for those that are, you know, considering using the, the DST as a part of their wealth building strategy, what advice would you say to them that are considering it and maybe where can they learn more and connect with you? Yeah. I mean, life is short. COVID taught us that, you know, COVID-19 and all the stuff that's going on life is short. Like if you have a clear vision and a clear, you know, desire for what you want to do with your wealth plan, like don't wait. Right. We talked to a gentleman yesterday who's thinking about selling a mobile home park using the DST and he's talking about selling in the third quarter of this year. And I go, well, you own it free and clear. I said, well, why don't you just do it now? Like we literally have all everything laid out. We're going to increase your cash flow. You're going to get the freedom you want. And he's like, you know what? Yeah. Like, uh, let's do it sooner. It's like, don't wait. Don't wait to make that move across country. Don't wait to, to sell that asset or that business or do the thing that 
that you're feeling called to do and you have a vision for. And so, yeah, to get started, you can go to capitalgainstaxation.com. If you want to look at it, we have no cost, no obligation, you know, uh, consultation with you. If you have a million dollar net proceeds, million dollar gain. We also have the brand new book that we released called Building a Capital Gains Tax Exit Plan. Uh, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank's in the book, which is pretty cool. I've got a, uh, I got a couple chapters as well. And essentially it's just, you know, helping you to understand what the deferred sales trust is. And as well, give you an opportunity to um, to kind of get insider secrets on on you know the ways that it can help you unlock freedom. Yeah, we'll be sure to link up all of that on how you guys can connect with Brett, his team, all the great resources they got going on. MillionaireMindcast.com on Brett's episode. I want to shift real quick in wrapping up the episode to understanding what insights you're seeing when it comes to opportunities out there, distress mounting. Is this coming sooner rather than later? Do we still have some dust to settle? What's the buying opportunity that you referred to in 2024? Yeah, it's uh, it's still, uh, I feel like we're still holding our breath to find the deals and, and ha- people are yeah. still figuring out ways to work things out. I feel like a lot of these things that are actually going down are going down off market or, 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 or kind of getting infused with capital for for, for deals that, uh, you know, are a little, people are a little more strategic this time around from last time. Banks are less likely to want to foreclose. And so we're still in that 2023. Is it going to come? Now it's 2024. Is it going to come? So I, I, I'm, I, I feel like it's going to come, right? But we're still not quite seeing all of the opportunities. I, so I'm seeing... I, uh, so yeah, so now office is a whole nother, whole nother monster that I would just stay clear of. Like, so that's, I don't really do office. So what I'm referring to is multifamily, mobile home park, and I, I really love industrial. And so, um, yeah, that's, 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 that's my sense on this right now. Um, and there's so much capital, you know, clamoring for, 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 for good deals that it's still going to be very competitive even if you can find it at a discount. Yeah. And maybe that means you buy all cash and you can close quicker, right? Versus trying to get debt and, and having to get higher debt. So that's kind of my sense on that. Um, but in the meantime, we're doing we're still doing a lot of lending. We can get the money on about 30 days the way we structure it. And we're, we are waiting for more opportunities. But we're also, uh, we're going into deals still, you know, smaller amounts with, you know, different syndications or different funds. And we're kind of diversifying is kind of the approach we've taken. Um, yeah, so hopefully that answers the question, Matt. Yeah, and on multifamily, a lot of people are, you know, talking about, You've got obviously caps maybe expanding a little bit. You've got rents softening a little bit. You've got rate caps expiring. You got still high interest rates. You got arms coming due. Is there a lot of distress from your opinion coming in the multifamily space? Yes, I feel like about 25% of those who bought in the last, you know, three or four years of the market will have some form of what you just said there, right? And the question becomes, is that distress actually play out into the market versus them finding capital to infuse and dilute the current ownership uh, that's yeah. in the place, right? Yeah. And so that's that's really what remains to be seen. Can they rally around you know those that they know? Can they can they do a, a, a capital call, raise the capital, and so that we actually don't even the distress is there, but the question is, do they work it out before it even you know we get to see it on on a on a you know, a broker sending it to us. I just feel like the world's become even smaller and smaller with the community, with technology and people connecting and a lot of capital, knowing a lot of different brokers and a lot of different owners. Um, and that I think is helping to perhaps, you know, uh, I don't know, disguise the stress or hide the stress that we would, you know, like, oh, wait, it was just a whole nother market. And again, most of oh, it was just residential single family, it really wasn't multifamily. Yeah. Uh, but for those that were distressed in multifamily because they had too much debt, not enough liquidity, 
they ended up taking it to market and the banks were more likely to, to short sale or foreclose. And it was just, you know, kind of more of a bloodbath for those that got hurt in commercial. But, um, but I think it's it's different, you know? So, yeah. so I, don't, I don't quite know. This is a whole new, new territory. This economy is, is odd. We're in an odd, we're in an odd election year. You know, well, what, what the feds are going to do. I, I, it's, it's like in a Rubik's cube that if I keep trying to figure out, I mean, I just keep moving it. I don't, I don't know. Like this, this is, this is not easy to, to, to pin this one for sure. Why do your clients and you like industrial and is industrial overbought right now is, you know, are there any opportunities still there or does it feel like it's, you know, people are buying at the peak? What are your thoughts on industrial? Yeah, so I think industrial is going to be here for, um, and it's not going anywhere. It's not going away any, anytime, anytime really, because of where, where the whole market is. So the foundation of where we're going to put our capital starts with just you know what's what's like we know is going to going to continue. The Amazon stuff is going to continue. You know, uh, you know, we like uh, flex small. Uh, you know. Uh, warehouse industrial, not necessarily just the big box FedEx center or Amazon yep. center, but it's, it is more of the, of the, of the blue collar, you know, uh, type of environment where you can you, you, you use those services for those communities. So we like all of that. Um, yeah, I would say it's definitely expensive, but I would say if you can build it right, like we were looking uh, a developer in Texas, who's going to be building industrial warehouse. Right. And so developing in places that are typically easier to develop and you can, you can keep the cost, construction cost has gone down some. I do, I, so we like industrial. Um, that would be my take on it. Yes, but just make sure you're buying or developing it, you know, affordably. Yeah. Now, anything that you're personally investing in or focusing on in 2024? Uh, so right now, my heaviest take is in multifamily lending. At 10%, we get the money out in 30 days. And then we are we are looking for multifamily distress, and we're looking for mobile home park distress, um, and then again industrial. But I don't see as much industrial distress. I feel like a lot of the industrial folks were pretty sophisticated compared to some of the multifamily people that were maybe yeah. got a little bit ahead of their skis. Agreed. So it's kind of a it's kind of a different uh, different sophistication there. Um, so yeah, we're, we're open to those really those three those those asset classes we like RV as well. If you can find like RV resort style stuff, that's kind of a cool kind of a cool thing to look at as well. Love it, yeah. guys! Be sure to check out Capital Gains Tax Solutions. Brett and his amazing team have all kinds of great content for you guys to dig in even further. And if you guys want to reach out, millionermindcast.com on Brett's episode, we'll have all the links for you guys to find Brett, brother. Always great catching up with you. I am glad you are enjoying Florida. I'm sad you're not here in Cali to hang out more often, but stoked that the biz is going well and that everything's going great with the family. Thank you, Matt. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you did, all I ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're also going to get entered in to win a $100 gift card. Don't forget to share this episode out with somebody else that may need to hear it or may get some value from what was talked about in today's interview. And for those of you who are really looking to accelerate your wealth building journey, you want to unlock more financial freedom, you want to get more time back, or maybe you just want to level up your life, your business, your finances, be sure to head over to millionairemindcast.com and check out all the amazing products and resources that we have for our Millionaire Mindcast family, whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, downloads and checklists, the Rich Life Planner for those of you looking to take your goal setting and productivity to the next level. We've got all kinds of great, valuable tools. So be sure to check those out at millionairemindcast.com. And last but not least, if you're not on my weekly text letter and you want to be the first to know of exclusive updates and offers in addition to 
behind the scenes access to a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, that I'm investing in, be sure to join by texting the word notes to 844-447-1555. With that being said, thanks for listening today. Until next time, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.